tell you something. There yep. is no nobility in poverty. I have been a rich man and I have been a poor man and I choose rich every fucking time. Because at least as a rich man, when I have to face my problems, I show up in the back of a limo wearing a $2,000 suit and a $40,000 gold fucking watch. Hello, traders. This is Jake from jakethestockguy.com. You're listening to the regular investor podcast. The Jake yep, the Stock Guy podcast absolutely. brought to you by, you guessed it, Jake the Stock Guy. Uh, we're a community of options traders, uh, educators, uh, moderators. We're here to help you get your edge in trading by interviewing the top traders in the industry, the top, top talent. So today we're going to be interviewing Dave. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Um, yeah, so uh, I I grew up, I, I went to, in a rural America, um, it wasn't really exposed to the stock market. Um, I didn't, my parents or none of my family was involved. Um, so I went to university, and when I was in university, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I thought business school was interesting, and so I went in uh, to pursue an accounting degree. And quickly learned after getting a little bit of experience outside of the classroom and accounting that that was not what I wanted to do. Um, and so then I was already in business school, and I, you know, I always was I I was a risk taker um, growing up. I did a lot of adrenaline uh, sports, snowboarding, motocross, uh, things of, of that nature, and <clears throat> I liked the risk taking aspect of finance. So. I uh, switched my major, got into finance, and you know started to learn a little bit more about the markets, the way markets really function uh, from more of a theoretical perspective. And uh, in business school, mostly across the board, uh, fundamentals is taught, buy and hold uh, strategies are taught because they're trying to push people out to go into that industry of um, – you know, kind of financial services uh, type thing. And, and for the masses, I, you know, it makes sense for the buy and hold uh, strategies. But for me, it was, um, it wasn't something I was interested in. I read the, you know, Benjamin Graham's book, The Intelligent Investor. I, I did the discounted cash flow models, fundamental analysis, all that. And, you know, looking at the time horizon, I was like, I don't want to wait, you know, 10 years for, to make 20, 30% and just, roll in a three or four percent dividend uh so i i I begin the wheels began to turn uh during college and then after i got out of i had to find a job to make some money i was dabbling a little bit of trading um in uh college because i was there was a uh, club that i was involved in an investing club so i got some exposure to uh not only the theoretical aspect of markets but more of the um you know, application of it, of actually trading and doing different things in the market with options and, and equities. So I had some practical exposure as well. Uh, but I didn't really want to go into the financial services. So I ended up doing uh, consulting after, um, I, after I got out of school, saved up a little bit of money. Um, and then I always had trading on my mind. So I was always looking at the market. I just couldn't set it down. And I was like, man, there has to be a way that I can make a living doing this. Uh, I don't want to just put you know a few hundred dollars back and wait to retirement and sit in this cubicle so I worked for two or three years and um, I, I just like I said always I was reading about it and I was just trying to you know dabbling here and there and then I, I ended up getting married my wife she had a business and uh, we had some savings so you know assess the financial position I'm not 
a high, I don't need a big lifestyle. So it was looking at our, our finances and the business that she had, it was doing well. So it gave me the opportunity to kind of, um, uh, quit my job and just really dive head first into trading. And, you know, I, w- that's definitely not for everyone. And cause if looking back on it, it would have made more sense for me to continue and to save money. But I think there is a lot of things that I've learned over the, uh, course of the past uh, four years is when I, uh, uh, quit four years ago is when I quit my uh, job and kind of started doing this full time. And uh, tw- uh, 28, 28. Yep. Now how so, old are you, by yep, the way? Yep. So I, I quit. I had the opportunity. Okay. Like I said, it, it, it was, I'm Young very buck. fortunate for that, but I don't, I don't live a, you know, I, I do not live a uh, high roller lifestyle by any means. Um, so it was, uh, I just need a, a, a little bit to cover the monthly expenses. So uh, I was just really just diving into it. And, uh, you know, it, 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 I was very naive at first. I thought, yeah, I can make a hundred bucks a day, 150 bucks a day. And it was just <clears throat> straight losing for, you know, two, <laughs> two years. And that, I think that's the, that's the interesting part. Everyone starts with high hopes and, uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's easy because there's very little barriers to entry. It's very appealing and, you know, there's so much online. And so, yeah. You need, no, yeah. 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 All these, yeah. Tim Sykes is a great example, right? He's a, he's a fake yep. guru. He's like a millionaire penny stock trader. And I think a lot of people get into that because they're they're yep. like they know people make money in the stock market. Everybody knows that, and they think they can do, they can do it too. But these 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 yep. salesmen really is what they are. They're like ex- exactly. they're really expert marketers and advertisers. They're not they're not pro traders because all the like the top top pro literally some of the top top pro traders I know. This one guy he's got he he has like a, millions and millions of dollars yep. in his account. He's trading with. Yep. He Absolutely, and I'll, I'll touch on that point. I on I fortunately had the 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 you know? collegiate background to understand uh, how markets really really functioned, and so I didn't. Fu- I know a lot of people go into the market with exposure to you know some shady characters. But fortunately, I avoided that, so I never went down the the penny stock route, which I think helped me in the long term. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it is, a, it is a shame. There's a lot of great people out there, um, that truly want to help, but then there's a lot of, um, shady characters that can really, even if you do make it, you know, you have to unlearn a lot of the stuff that, uh, that you learn from, you know, this bad information, uh, that seems very attractive at first. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Like another, I was just thinking out uh, actually, um, yeah. <laughs> Ross Cameron of Warrior Trading is another guy. He's really big on YouTube. He's got like a million followers on YouTube. And he also mm-hmm. has a... But he's actually... I think he's more um, authentic. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but being in the space, I kind of keep tabs on everybody and like all the um, all the top traders. Uh, you know, and, 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 and I'm I, I actually... Uh, I'm an options trader. I don't trade penny stocks. I never bought a penny stock in my life. Um, my introduction, my introduction to the markets were, I had a friend of mine gift me $20,000 in Bitcoin, uh, in 2015, right. And then I, I, I didn't know anything right about, um, technical analysis or trading. And I, I, I was up so much money in 2017, like, uh, traveling in Mexico, but I didn't, I, I just was so naive, you know, you can call it what you want, beginner's luck. And, uh, I, uh, 
I just, uh, all those unrealized gains became very, very small, unrealized yep. gains, you know? Yep. And, uh, yeah, you know, and then I was like, okay, I had to like, I had to sink my teeth into this and I said, okay, okay, this is, uh, there's something here, but I, I obviously I, I'm lacking, I'm lacking certain data to, 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 to make this yep. consistent for myself. Cause I, I had, I had a taste of the good life, man. I wasn't yep. going back, Yep. you know? Absolutely. Um, I, I loved the, I loved, uh, you know, and I dabbled too. I dabbled in, uh, all kinds of different, like I knew I wanted to make money online and I, and yep. I didn't want to have to work for somebody. I wanted to travel. I wanted to work online. And I, I you know, I loved this idea because honestly, you know, Warren Buffett has talked about this in, in, in certain, um, in certain highlights uh, on CNBC when he gets featured on there every now and again to this day, he really thinks that like the world is all, the world's just changing and moving so fast with technology and the, the, the evolution of technology and everything's getting automated. And, you know, pretty soon one day there's not going to be uh, anybody at Starbucks or McDonald's. It'll just be robots, right? Serving you because they'll figure out a way to do it. And so what do you do when you have this giant, you know, oh, about Elon Musk with the uh, Elon Musk with the electron uh, electric uh, electric eighteen uh, wheelers, right? What, what are all the truck drivers going to do? So, you know, and he talks about what's called a UBI, universal basic income, and you know, he thinks that like there's just, uh, you know, I don't want to get too much into politics or anything because we're yeah. talking about trading <laughs> and, and your your background, and and, and, and we're going to get more into that, but. You know, I mean, it's a cool idea. You know, I think that one day, I don't know when, but I think that technology will reach the, uh, the, uh, they call it, there's a word for it. I can't think of it. Singularity. Head, but there's a word for like when the singularity, exactly. Yeah. When technology reaches the singularity, yeah. because technology is, is exponentially growing and we'll, we'll, we'll reach a state where there'll be quantum computing and there'll just be this, uh, Call me crazy, but I think we will discover like a way to travel faster than the speed of light and quantum computing and all this cool stuff. And uh, I just don't think that like people will really have to work anymore. I think that we can automate our lives and, 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 and everything will be done online and on the internet. It'll be a weird future, but I think everybody will ha just kind of, it'll be a utopian, a utopia, so to speak, a very utopian future. Um, but then again, I'm an optimist. So if you're a pessimist, you probably think that World War Three is coming and there's this nuclear holocaust and all, <laughs> all this stuff. So um, anyway, what I was trying to say was, excuse me, excuse me for uh, diverging so much. Oh, but no problem. I, I just I knew that I wanted to, to, to make this to make this work online, yep. making money online Absolutely. and traveling. And, and I, I while I was in while I was in Mexico, I met a guy at a hotel. And he said, uh, you know, I helped him. I, he was trying to figure out how to open up a crypto wallet. And uh, I, I don't dabble at all, guys, in crypto anymore. I think it's, uh, it's a, yeah, it's, it's just, I don't know. I, I prefer, I, I prefer the uh, the equities markets on the New York Stock Exchange. It's just something I've matured and grown. And if you want to play it, you know, be my guest. But personally, I, I find much more enjoyment and consistency through trading options. And we'll get into. What sure. your style of trading sure. is in just a minute, Davis. Uh, so, so kind of jumping around a little bit, but um, yeah. So, so I met a guy in a hotel. He told me to. I, he's like, oh, I should introduce you to my friend Stefan in LA, and he's a German immigrant. He's a, 
yeah, I, I ended up moving to LA and, and living there for a while. And we, we met and uh, I was watching him trade options, um, trade the S&P, you know, SPY, spiders, uh, just scalping, uh, day trading options. And I watched him for like a year do it. You know, it took me a long time to like mm-hmm. work my way into it, you know, because I, I had already kind of got burnt in the crypto thing. And I was looking, uh, well, the whole time I was watching him trade options, I was still trying to, to figure out like I was trying to sell stuff on Amazon. I was trying to do the e-commerce thing, you know, and it was just all so compli- complicated and, and it was so crowded, the space. And I had two failed ventures before really being like, you know, let me dabble a little bit more in the options game. And I had some beginner's luck where I made, you know, I, I'd scalped a spy spy call and made like 100% return on my, my $500 position yeah. in like 10 minutes. And I was like, this is more money than I ever made in like three days of working yep. in the real, in the real world. And we'll get into that too. Like I'm telling you, man, like it, it, people knew, you know, and, uh, how, how it's just total slavery in the real world. You know, I'm like walking around on the street. I see these Mexican guys painting on the side of a wall and they're in the hot sun in like Southern California in the summer. And I'm like, man, they work all day long, eight to 10 hours. And they'll maybe make 150, 200 bucks. Awesome. Yep. It's just it is. crazy. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that just the craziest thing? It, once you get like a, once you get a taste of this world and you experience it, like, you know, I, I don't aim high or, or shoot for the fences. Like I keep a small account because I've learned that when I have a big account, I can't manage it sure. too well psychologically. It's just sure. my own personal mental thing. Because I get sloppy, I get sloppy, man. I, I have a big account. I want right. to take bigger positions, right? I want to, um, I want to like buy this, buy that, buy you know, buy this and that and that. Instead, when I ha- when I- my biggest wins were always when I had a small account, and I was focusing on like, okay, I got a thousand dollars. Like I have to be like a sniper. I got to be very precise because I've got a little bit of gunpowder. Yep, and I've got to make it man. work. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, my biggest returns and my biggest wins were always with small positions, and my biggest losses were always from having sure. taken too big of a position. And it was usually from usually I'd have a I'd have a uh, a real big win, you know, I'd turn like maybe two k into twelve k or two k into twenty k, and then I would just right. immediately lose my freaking mind. And like the next day, I would go all in ten fifteen k, you know, market yep. order, and then I'd lose it all, you know. I just it was like a it. It was like this was the literally the loop I was stuck on for yep. two years, two years. Just you know, if you looked at like my my trading uh, in like a graph, yep. it would just be like total I've been roller coaster. There. You know, it was it was either you, it was either euphoria, I'm rich, or it was like my last, yep. I'm I'm down to Absolutely, my last money. Man. And, you know, I've got to make this work. And, uh, but maybe we can start to kind of graduate into talk. Maybe you can talk a little bit about your, yeah, your journey with trading. I'm yeah. sure it's similar. It sounds similar. And, and then what, what were your big mistakes that you kind of kept doing? Cause it seems like you kind of learned on your own through trial and error, which by the way, if you guys are listening is the best way to learn the market. Um, maybe you can talk about you, maybe you could talk a little bit about your trading style like what do you like to trade are you you, go, you sure. play the short side the long side are you do you do you use margin no margin maybe talk a little bit about that 
you, what, where have you kind of found your yeah. winning edge or your strategy in the market, uh, Davis? And then um, what were some of your big losses in the beginning? In the beginning? And then how, like, what set of rules did you create for yourself in order to mitigate that and really start yeah. to see that instead of those violent swings, those like steady. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So my, you know, my journey, like I said, you know, it really started, um, four years ago and I, uh, you know, I, I wasn't really making any, any progress and I'm still, uh, you know, working out a lot of kinks. Like I talk about it very openly on Twitter about losses and the psychology of trading. And that's what I really want to focus on is the, the psychological aspect. Um, of my journey, because there's a lot of people that talk about the technicals, and I'll, I'll touch on that. But uh, you know what I've realized over the, the past few years is that um, I never had any big, massive wins, massive losses. Because for me, um, like I said, I had uh, an income stream, um, another income. Sh- what did you first? What did you first start out with, like when you were trading, for example? Like, what was your? Uh, size, I was just trading uh, like twenty twenty five thousand dollars, just a little over PDT, um, and I still don't even you know trade a trade a big account. I just don't need um, like with options and the way I trade. I, I just and and still I haven't really gotten. Um, I like to get comfortable with my risk, and I I, I keep it there, and then I'll slowly uh, move it up. But I think that's the for me. I I never. When I first started out, I was never um, one to take uh, big, massive swings. Like I was just losing. Um, it was just small losses all the time. Uh, and part of that was because you know I was doing that full time, just jumped straight in. Like had no idea what I was doing, just jumped straight in. Um, and it, for me, it was more I did not want to take the big losses because I knew that that would put me back in my job very, very quickly, and I didn't want to go back to you know a nine to five. Uh, so it was really, for me, it was just about per, uh, preservation and not blowing up. Um, so I learned a lot through that because I got a lot of um, little, you know, I, I learned a lot about risk management. And uh, like I said, I never took huge wins, never took huge losses early on, just enough to stay in the game and start learning. Uh, for me, I've never been one that it enjoyed or benefited from paper trading. So I was always just trading, you know, one contract, a few shares just to, you know, get my uh, have that attachment to the position. Um, so I've traded the same. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, no, I was just going to say a lot of people recommend paper trading, but it just, it doesn't, it just, it's not the same guys. It's not real money psychology. Like you might learn, like, I would say paper trading is only good for like learning and navigating your, your broker, whatever platform you use to trade on. I use power e-trade. But I know a lot of folks use um, TD Ameritrade, Sinkorswim, uh, Weeple. Yeah, yeah, those are the top three. If you're on, if you're trading on Robinhood, you guys, you need to like, you need to wake up and smell the coffee because <laughs> they're robbing you. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's the I I don't really have I for me it's like you know just getting in the game, staying in the game, and like I said, you know, if you if you look at my Twitter, you'll be able to see uh, the transparency I'll post. Um, different things like uh you know in january i had a really good month uh in february the first two weeks of february i had a um in this i'm speaking about this year which is 2022 um i had the first two weeks of february were my best trading um ever and in in one of the more difficult markets right but by the time february ended i was you know marginally green and 
you know, you look at this and, and you, you, I, I do a lot of uh, introspection and a lot of um, self-work because uh, I believe that the technicals, and you, you could, you know, I, I almost believe in random line theory that you could just go and say that I'm going to, you know, buy, let's say, options on Apple at $155.27. And if you manage your risk and have targets appropriately, uh, I, I truly believe that you could, um, you know, do you could do better than than coming up with some kind of complex way of thinking about markets, and which it was that was an aha moment for me. Um, is if you were to just go and plot random lines and create like a simple system, like if it hits this level, then I will execute a position, and if it breaks fifty cents below, then I'll stop out. If it goes you know a dollar above, then I'll start taking profits. If you do that. And I ran it in Excel and I looked and I'm like, hey, like this is, you know, you get like almost like a 50% win rate doing this. And what that taught me was that it, it's not so much about the technicals. Um, once you get the basics down, uh, it's really about your mind and about your uh, your management of your position. And this is something that I've only started to uh, really comprehend and implement um, in my own trading over the past year. And it's been very transformative because uh, uh, I would have these very consistent runs where I would go three, four months of just just consistent green days, and then all of a sudden I would give it back. And you know, I look at this, and there was a lot of different psychological factors at play, a lot of different belief systems that came into these mistakes. And like I said, no technical. Um, is going to save you. No moving average, no support and resistance, nothing is going to save you from those issues. So it doesn't get discussed a lot. It doesn't get discussed that... Um, that the No, it doesn't. It, it, it actually never gets yeah, discussed. Yeah, man, I, that's, that's, my, that's, my, uh, that's what I love. That's my wheelhouse. I love to tell people, you know, I love to share losses. I think that, you know, sharing losses and sharing the struggles uh, allows... Um, those struggles and losses not to have power over you. Uh, so for me, that has been through using Twitter of, of sharing my ups and downs and being transparent. It you know it it humbles you and it and it allows you to do a lot of uh, introspective work, which is really what's going to develop you as a trader. So I'm I'm happy to yeah. talk psychology all day and and because that's that's what I really love and that's what you know I discuss a lot on Twitter. Yeah, there's this one guy on YouTube I found that talks a lot about trading psychology, and he's good. He's like the only guy I've ever seen really talk on it. There's also that guy Mark something. Mark. He he wrote a book. Mark Douglas. Know, um, trading in the zone. Yes. It's a famous book. So he, yeah, Mark Douglas. So there's Mark Douglas, and there's one other guy I've seen on YouTube, and their yep. whole thing is just trading psychology. Yep. And 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 that's all they talk about. And those and it's funny. There's only two guys out there, really, that I've seen anyway, talking about it, and it's pretty much like the bulk of the work that you have to do to become a consistently profitable pro trader. By the way, I forgot to say one thing uh, at the beginning of the podcast, guys. We are not financial advisors. Um, nothing we say or is a recommended buy or sell, uh, and, and in no way, shape, or form is this investment advice. Invest at your own risk. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just. I've been. Uh, I talked to a lawyer recently, and and he was like, I said, hey, look at look at our look at our company, look at the website, look at the uh, 
what I post and look at what I do on YouTube. And he's like, he's like, look at the podcast. And he's like, well, you just need to, uh, at the beginning or end of all your uh, YouTube videos or podcasts, you just need to say these few lines. And I'm kind of getting used to into the habit of saying <laughs> it. So thanks for letting me get that out there. But, but back to the psychology thing, I think it comes down yeah. to basically fear and greed. Uh, and, and, and for me, like I said earlier, um, position sizes, they need to be consistent. Well, guys, I, I will beat this into your head until your, your brains explode all over the carpet. You have to keep the same position size every single trade. I don't care how many days you're green. I don't care how many days you're red. If it's 500, make it 500. If it's 1,000, make it 1,000. But you can't buy. You'll never get any. You'll never get anywhere trading if you can't keep consistency in your position sizes. And I'm going to tell you why right now. <laughs> That's David, right, buddy. You're going to back me up on this, right, brother? <laughs> he, if you take a trade on Monday with a $500 position and say you're right for for a hundred percent return on your premiums, so you know $500 profit for simple math. Tuesday, the next you take one trade. Tuesday, the next day, you take another trade. This time, you're in a $1,500 position. Okay, maybe you maybe you got some confidence. Maybe you got a little cocky with your with your with your with your 100% return on Monday. On the on that Tuesday, you lose. Okay, 50%. That's a $750 loss. Now you had a hundred percent return on Monday and a fifty percent loss on Tuesday, and you're still negative. You're red two hundred and fifty dollars. You can never get anywhere, guys, anywhere. And I learned this the hard way. You know, I learned this the hard way. So you, if you have a, a, a five hundred dollar position on Monday, hundred percent return, and a five hundred dollar position on Tuesday with a fifty percent stop loss, and say you stopped out, you're still green, even though you, absolutely you, know, you get it. You know, you get it, fifty. So and I just I see this all. I see this so much. It just pains me because I had a guy write me the other day. He's like, "Man, I, that trade we took Monday or Tuesday. It was yesterday. I took a trade yesterday. It was a CRM, uh, Salesforce. They had earnings. They were an earnings winner. Everything was good. But for whatever reason, they uh, you know they sold off in the morning and they it sold off to like my trend line. I had a really nice trend line." It looked like perfect textbook support for me. I bought, I bought so many times off that off that trend line, and it reversed, or that was the bottom, you know, intraday bottom, and then I sold into resistance, which is the, the you know, either pre-market high is a resistance, and then the next, whatever the next natural areas of resistance are based on historical price action. But the, but for whatever reason that day, it just cut through that <laughs> support like butter, and it went. Like another ten or another five dollars down from like two ten to no yeah another ten dollars down from like two ten all the way to two almost two hundred like two oh three two oh four okay and and I I didn't res on that day I didn't I did not respect my stop loss because look guys even the pros make mistakes you know and it, pain pain is not there to punish you pain is only there to move you to change right it's trying to teach you. That you're, something is wrong, you need to go back to the drawing board and correct it. And you may correct it for a couple of days, and then all of a sudden you fall off the horsey again, or you fall off the bicycle. Just dust yourself off, get back on, and make these things a, a habit. Just like waking up and brushing your teeth, 
make that 50% stop loss like a habit. Never, ever, I don't care, you know, how good you are, how good you think you are. You have to have, just like there's rules of the road and there's a rule of law, there's rules to trading and you have to obey them every single day if you expect to do this professionally and if you expect to do this long term. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you want to add the, on that, the, Davis? The, you know, for me, it's like, like I said, I, I, I've made, and I still make mistakes. Like, you know, last, and I, I, I have no, um, problems. Like last year, in my active trading account, I was red, um, and my, you know, longer, uh, my position, uh, account, you know, was green and saved, saved my, uh, trades. And, you know, looking back on that, uh, last year, you know, you really, you can pinpoint a lot of, um, for me, the the mistakes uh, back to a few things, and one of those being position sizing. And uh, for me, it was um, you know you, you go on a nice win streak, or you get uh, you know, it, it, and it's let me back up here. The, the these these issues matter more on the active um, trading basis because you're making these decisions so quickly. So, for instance. Uh, you know, I, I, I like to trade spy options and, you know, I could be in and out of position in just a few minutes. And it's very difficult if you don't have a systematic way to uh, manage your risk and manage your position sizing. You know, you can, it, it, it can be left up for interpretation. And like what you were saying is um, you hop into a position one day with five contracts, the next day you're at 15 and uh, everything is totally different. And Again, that is all brought on by psychology. That's nothing other than you in your head thinking that this trade is completely different than another trade and has a better chance of success. And at the end of the day, that's just not the case. And um, every trade, you know, has the potential to, you know, fail or win. And you don't know which one's going to win and which one's going to fail. And looking back on last year's data, uh, that was something that was a common occurrence is that. I would take a setup and after a big win streak, I would really hammer some size into it. And if it didn't go uh, the way that I wanted it to, then I would have a propensity to add to that position because I had a more, a greater attachment. And with options trading actively, especially <laughs> weeklies and closer to, to the time of expiry, uh, your mistakes are amplified greatly. So uh, looking at that, you know, just summing up what could have been um, a good year, you know, it was just it was just a, a mistakes that were made repetitively um, caused an issue, and that was um, one of those were was position sizing is not having consistent position sizing, and then also not only increasing your size uh, but decreasing your size after a loss. Um, if you go on a losing streak and you take, you know, lot you're normally trading five contracts and now you're trading one contract. Well, it, it becomes a different ball game because now everything is different and you don't feel the same about the trade. You're probably not going to take profits where you should because you don't think that you've made enough money. Um, and so that is a huge, huge issue uh, that has plagued me for a long time. And it's only just till recently that uh, I've began to rectify that. And it, it really just boils down to finding that sweet spot of risk that you're comfortable with and, and doing the same thing day in and day out. Mm -hmm. 
spoken like the oh, words I wish, man. I'm nothing, nothing even close. Maybe one day. Yeah. No, you will. You'll That's right, buddy. We're, we're all getting there, you know. So one, one, one thing I wanted to mention earlier in the in our call that I did, in the in the podcast that I kind of brushed over is that the guy who wrote reached out to me and was like, "Hey, I, I gave back all of my month's gains yesterday on CRM." Oh, I've, I've, I've been there more times than I would like to count. And, 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 and that's an interesting, you know, uh, it's an interesting point. It's, uh, I mean, I did, like I said, last, last month, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's so easy to, um, yeah. And let me, let me preface this with, especially if you have like, uh, another source of income or you're not um, or you've had a good month and you're not at risk of going blowing the entire month up you know these things start to go through your head of like let's say you have x amount on the month and then you're like okay i'm in this position and then it hits my stop and i'm like well if it goes a little bit lower you know that's okay i'm only giving back 25 percent of the month's gains well oh, if it goes a little bit lower it could come back um, well, that's okay. You know, this income stream over here can alleviate any pain that this may cause. Well, then you begin to rationalize in this trade, in in the trades, and and especially if you're on a win streak or you've had a good win streak, you have this ego that's telling you, hey, um, yeah, I can do this. I can work my way out of this position. I can trade my way out of this loss. Yeah. And all of these factors begin to magnify and and exponentiate on top of each other, and it, it becomes super easy. And like I said, I'm no professional trader. I you know I'm still learning, and these are mistakes that I'm making. And I, I have a passion for communicating um, the psychological woes that most won't talk about, and I try to do um, a, a good job at communicating, you know, these issues such as that trade that you were referring to, you know, most of the times and the, the, the issue that you assign to that loss is really not the issue at all. So for instance, if you took a trade at level X and you said you were going to stop out at level Y and then you didn't stop out at level Y and you plug it into a trading journal or you begin reviewing the trade and then you look back and you're like, oh man, you know, I didn't manage my risk. That's the mistake. Or, oh man, I, I, I didn't cut my loss or I added to a loser. That's the mistake. Well, that isn't the mistake nine times out of ten. The mistake is deeper. So you peel back the onion and you look and you say, okay, I didn't cut this where I said I was going to cut this. Well, why did I not cut this? And uh, for instance, something for me that I was running into is uh, whenever I was adding to my losers, I had this preconceived notion that I could build a trading system um, based on you know a 90, 95, almost 100% win rate, which is, which is completely insane to even think about. So that belief as I was working through that triggered me into not selling and adding and trying to quote unquote work my way out of a position. But when I was labeling this, it was did not manage risk, but really there was something deeper there, right? And for me, going deep beyond the 
what most people would assign as a trading issue that we've all heard, adding to losers, poor risk management, not taking profit, all these things. Those are just the surface level issues. And um, it's taken me a long time to begin to peel back the onion of myself and see what is really taking place in my mind during these moments. And nine times out of 10, it's not just, oh crap, I didn't want to stop out of this or, oh man, um, you know, my... I, I didn't put a stop loss in when I should have. There's there's a lot of different factors at play, and um, that's what I would encourage anybody. If anyone takes away anything like anything from what I have to say, it's really do the introspection. If you if you want to learn um, about the market, you have to learn about yourself first, because when you get in and the um, the the potential for gain is exponential, and the potential for loss is exponential. Um, you start to make decisions and things that are inside of you that you may not even really think about uh, very often become or bubbling to the surface because of the environment that you're uh, putting yourself in. So uh, a lot of the pain and a lot of the losses and a lot of the drawdowns that I've experienced came from um, really not understanding myself very well. And last thing I will uh, note on this is uh, one thing that may be surprising is that I found that small risk for me relative to my account size um, as I was learning and as I was testing different things you, you would think that small risk you know really wouldn't uh, do much small risk relative let's so let's say for instance 0.25% uh, of equity is is a risk per trade or 0.10% this is very small comparatively so um, I look at that and I was taking very small risk and I noticed that I was just losing I was just you know just my account was just going down and down and down it wasn't you know massive swings um, but it was just going down. I was like, why? Like, what, what is going on here? I'm clearly, something is, something is at, at, at play here that I, that I don't really understand. It's, I understand markets very well. And I tell, I've, I've written and on this on Twitter many times that you can be a great market analyst, but a very bad trader. And this is a good case in point here. Okay. So you take 0.1% of equity and you risk and you take a trade at level X and you want to sell at level Y. Okay, well, it hits level X, you take your trade, and it hits level Y, and then you look and you only have one contract to sell, or you're only up $12, and you say, oh man, this is not, this is barely even going to cover any fees that I have, I'm not taking this off, and then you hold that position, and then it goes past your stop, and then you say, oh man, I'm only in one contract, I'm only down $12 now, well then that goes down to $50, and now you're at, you know, half a half a percent of equity and then you go back and you journal that and you say okay I didn't sell my target and I didn't sell my um and I didn't stop out okay that's great but why did you not do those things and for me the why was I'm not um taking enough risk relative to my account size so I, I do not have a um uh, a motive to take profit for $12 and I don't have a motive to take a loss at $15. So it's taken me a while to peel those back and that's just one example of going through something that a common mistake of not selling your target or not stopping out and that's not the issue. The issue may be that you have a lot of money or you have an additional income stream and you think to yourself subconsciously, what's well, $15? Well, I'm making $40 an hour at my job or it's $5 
a loss and I'm making $15 an hour at my job. Well, I can make that back in 25 minutes or whatever it may be. And then you do these bad, you make these bad decisions. Um, so that's, that's something that if you get anything from me on this podcast or this discussion is to really dive deep in yourself and peel back the layers to analyze those, um, issues that you're just labeling as a surface level label that you may have read in a book or on Twitter or something, because most of the time there's going to be something deeper there. Absolutely, brother. I love that. You know, I, I, I was listening to you and I was like, man, this guy's speaking my language. You know, he knows me very well. <laughs> he knows me too well. I, 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 uh, I think it, what it really definitely boils down to is, um, just the ego and um, shortcuts, right? And not being disciplined. I would say those are the three big culprits to like the biggest, you know, um, setbacks and things that are going to hold you back as far as being coming like the next level pro trader. It's shortcuts because what are shortcuts? It's shortcuts never work. You know, I always take up too big of a position in a trade and then I end up, you know, losing because I'm trying to take shortcuts. I want to get rich yeah. quick, you know? Another big thing is the e- the ego. So when you're on a when you're on a big win streak, you know, you you, you just get cocky. You know, you're like, I can't yep. lose. You know, I'm God. And, and, you know. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. And then, it, yeah. And then just it, well, I was just the third thing is discipline. It's just the only way you guys are going to make trading work long term, yeah. like day after day, year after year, is if you can be disciplined to following the trading rules and the trading rules are every trade you take should only be around you know two percent your total portfolio okay so that's kind of a good rule to live by um granted if you're just starting out and you have a small account you're going to want to you know you're going to you're going to have to take on a little bit more risk because your account's small so like you know two percent of uh five grand is it's not enough to even buy one contract of like spy or something right so you're gonna have to increase that to around 10 percent or, or, or so but yeah like typically you know two percent three percent is a good risk risk management and when you're in a trade it, you know you need to always keep that same position size whether it's 500 a thousand two thousand every single trade i don't care how many days you're up how many days you're down yeah. you know it, that's the only way to get the consistency and results so yeah, discipline, you know, follow and draw yeah, line, and I, you know, you know, today we try, I'll, I'll add to that. Um, Go ahead. the, uh, the, the discipline aspect or two things here. Um, you know, this discipline is something that I've struggled with, um, uh, for a, a long time in trading and it, and it was always, uh, confusing to me because I, you know, I was disciplined in other aspects of my life and, and discipline is an interesting thing because, um, it's like telling someone to concentrate. It's like, you, you know, you tell someone to concentrate, but, or focus, but how do you, how do you, how do you teach someone to focus? How do you teach someone discipline? How, you know, I was always confused by this question of like, I knew I had to be disciplined, but I was not being disciplined. I was just blowing up my account. And it was, it was, you you would think that if, if something is causing you pain, um, you would be disciplined enough to not do that thing, such as, you know, just taking the cliche example of putting your hand on a stove eye. It's like you, it doesn't take a lot of um, discipline yeah. to not do something that's causing you pain. Yet, as traders, 
you know, month after month, year after year, we expose ourselves to this pain and then we continue to tell ourselves we need to be more disciplined. And one of the things that I've recently discovered, um, and again, it's taking a ton and ton of hours of work is because uh, I was very, very confused of why I could not be disciplined. Well, the reason being for me, and I encourage if you were having a similar issue with discipline is to um, analyze, and this, is, this was huge for me, is analyze a why. Why are you, what, what is your why in trading? Um, uh, so for me, uh, to, I, I'm, I'm a, a religious person and there's a verse in Luke um, called, in, in, in uh, Luke, Luke, Luke 12, Amen. 48, it, it says, brother. for unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required. So that is my why and I have this opportunity and for that, in that, it says, whomsoever much is given, I'm given this opportunity, much is required. I'm not required not to squander this opportunity. And by not being disciplined, I'm squandering this opportunity. So now it's easier for me. I have a sticky note here with that verse, and I, and I, and I look at that, and I'm like, okay, you know, I can make a good decision here. I can do the right thing. I can be disciplined because I have this this motivation to do so before you don't really have a motivation you say that you don't want to lose money but it's not enough or you would or you would stop trading altogether so for me having that why and for you if you're not religious it could be your children it could be you know a dream it could be something i i definitely do think it it doesn't necessarily need to be monetary because that is kind of in my in my head is counterproductive but um having some kind of why it will help you if you are struggling with discipline will help you um, be more disciplined and the last thing I'll say on this is um, everyone has to find a um, their rhythm so I'm going to draw a golf analogy here uh, if whenever you look at something and you look at the perfect swing there is Everyone, every professional golfer has a different swing, has a different swing. They have a different tempo. They have a different style. They hit the ball differently. They choose different clubs. So what might be right for you might be wrong for someone else. What you see as discipline might seem someone else as undisciplined. What you see as a good idea or what you see as a good risk is a bad risk and, and, and a very unwise decision for someone else. So when you combine these things together and you look at the whole, um, the three things here, peeling back the layer of the onion and really analyzing your mistakes, and then number two is having a why that isn't monetary linked, uh, that allows you to be more disciplined and then always remembering that it's choosing your swing. Um, you're going to swing the club, the proverbial club being your uh, drawing the parallel to golfing, but uh, your trading style is going to be different. So you might only want to risk a tenth of a percent, or you might want to risk 20%, but you have to go through that process and that development um, because no one can do that for you. And I think that's something, and like I said, I'm, I'm just now starting to develop all these frameworks, these mental frameworks and these discoveries uh, out of a years and years of pain. Um, like I said, I, I'm nowhere where I want, nowhere close to where I want to be. But over the past, you know, few months and in year, uh, these discoveries have helped me more than any technical analysis uh, book or any type of system uh, that I've ever looked at. 
simple introspection and simple uh, designation of your why, which should be greater than, like I said, a monetary value. It's really um, made a tremendous impact on me, not only in my trading and being able to start to turn things around, but also, you know, uh, personally. It helps me in my personal life. I'm not as attached to my trades. I'm able to disconnect from the markets. I'm able to uh, lead a better life and that for that I'm forever grateful for trading because it's helped me become a better person but I wouldn't have been this way or I wouldn't have discovered these things had I not went through such you know horrendous pain and losses and anguish through trading and what it exposed to what it exposed me to wow man that's awesome that's awesome davis if you guys are listening and taking notes I hope you get. I hope he's got you thinking because he's got me thinking a lot right now. And you actually really inspired me, Davis. Actually, to kind of as you were talking and as as I was processing and and, and, and taking on what you're saying, it made me realize. You know, guys, it might be a lot to to to, to at the, the the idea of having to be perfect because when you're disciplined, you have to be disciplined with your entries. You have to be disciplined with your exits. You have to be disciplined with your position sizing, which which also you know translates to risk management. And you have to do be perfect, and you have to do it every. You have to do it right every single day, without yep. fail. Now it seems like a lot. <laughs> it seems like a tall order, but you'd be surprised. You know, to be perfect every day, you know, and build these disciplines and these hab- it, these disciplines, it, 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 it takes a lot out of you when you're doing it in the beginning. But if you can consistently do it over, excuse me, a set period of time, they are no longer really that hard to do. They become effortless. They become just waking up, putting your shoes on, brushing your teeth, right? You've created these winning habits, or sorry, you've you've created this winning strategy, winning formula, winning rule set, winning psychology into a habit. And that's what you're working towards. And then it just you wake up and it's just you don't have to think twice about it. You know exactly your, how much how many contracts you're going to buy. You know exactly where to buy. You know exactly where to set your stop loss, and you know exactly where to sell. And yep. you just do it every single day for as long as you know as long as you. It, 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 the more the more days you can do it and follow the rules, it's like a it's like a snowball effect. It's like the little snowball as it's rolling down the hill it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And it, at some point, it gets so big yep. you can't stop it. You know what I mean? But you can, you can stop a little snowball yep. with your foot. Absolutely, man. And I, I want to, you know, I know we're getting uh, close to the end here. I want to, uh, I want to wrap up the things that I've said into kind of one example that that way may be tangible um, for for people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so this, and I, I want to use something because it was always a pet peeve of mine that people would use examples or bring charts up or do different things from like five years ago or 10 years ago or whatever. So I, I want to discuss, you know, the things that I've said today, like peeling back the onion, you know, staying disciplined with your why and, um, you know, really understanding, uh, yourself and your trading and finding your rhythm and your swing, uh, which takes, you know, it, it definitely takes time. I mean, it's taken me four years, and I'm I'm still, you know, developing, and I'm sharing with you basically 
and it's what I love to do is to not really talk so much about technicals, but to talk about, you know, four years of true introspection and like hundreds of moleskins journaled in and, and ran through. And today's a great example. So as I mentioned last month uh, in February, I had the best two weeks that I've had. And then I ended the week mar- or ended the month marginally uh, green because the past the last two months I um or last two weeks, excuse me, just gave back all those gains. And, um, you know, I had to go back and I had to assess and, you know, what was going on. And I still go through that same process of asking myself, what is going on in this moment? Not the simple like, oh, you didn't manage your risk or, oh, you didn't uh, take profits, but why did I not do that? So I I went through that process and, you know, there was a few things in, in my personal life that was going on. And there's also some things that you know, in trading, I was on a very long win streak. I was making good money, and then my ego started to get um, to get and interfere with my trading. But what did I just mention about the why? My why is for whom to for unto whomsoever much is given of him, much shall be required. Well, ego would not be a productive thing for that why. So today, I go in. I had I've had two great days. And I had the tendency last month to have really good days, and then I wanted to hammer it, and then I would give back, uh, you know, a, a decent amount of money. And most people would just say that that was, oh, it's poor risk management. Well, it, it's more than that. So today, for instance, you know, the market popped up and it sold off, and um, you know, I was I was short in the morning. I made some I'd made some um, good money, and then I tried to buy the uh, the dip a little early, and instead of adding and instead of making the same mistakes that I made in February, um, I did what was right. I made the good decision. I took my full size. I set my stop and I moved on and I got stopped out. I took my full size. I set my stop and I got stopped out. So I ended the day basically break even after being up nice in the morning. And that is completely different than what happened last month, the last two weeks of the month. I would have continued to add. I would have continued to let my ego um, allow me to, or allow itself to to take over and to make bad decisions. So through peeling back the onion, even just last, this is a process I still go through, peeling back the onion and looking at the mistakes that I made uh, last month and seeing where I went wrong, I was able to rectify those. And one of the things that I that I am, am have on my desk is not don't make the same mistake twice. So I'm not I'm focused on the mistakes, the couple mistakes that I made last month, and making sure that I don't make those same mistakes this month. So through that process of really understanding myself and then remembering my why and understanding that I have am required to do certain things because I've been given an opportunity. And by adding to a loser and getting up five times my size because I think that I'm just winning, winning, winning and can't lose, that is not a responsible decision to make. And then finding my rhythm and finding my swing uh, is, is something that I've been able to regain after a losing streak. And I am have that flow with the market and I can start to move in and out dynamically instead of uh, uh, static, right? So a lot of people tell you, you know, it's X, Y, and Z and right. that's it. Well, having that flow combined with understanding your why and having the introspective results through your journaling and your process that you've went through uh, allowed me to end the day um, basically break even, uh, just slightly down versus 
the massive losses I was taking in the last two weeks of uh, February that gave back my gains. So uh, that's how I, I was hoping to use this example and hoping to hit home those three points because for me, you can go learn about you know technicals or the market where everywhere else, but these are my pragmatic results and analysis of myself um, and sharing the psychology uh, uh, the psychology of this, I hope that you can gain something from that. And if you don't even gain anything from what I've said, that it maybe will inspire you to, instead of looking to do more market analysis, look to do more self-analysis. Absolutely, Dave. That's amazing, brother. What a, what a fantastic podcast. I haven't, in all of the episodes... I've had so far, we have not touched on anything this deep in psychology. So really thank you. <clears throat> thank you so much for your time. And uh, if you could say like, if there's uh, if you could, you know, say one thing to the audience who's listening before we go, you know, what would uh, you like that to be? I, I think for the, the most beneficial thing for me, I, I'll say it this way. The most beneficial thing for me um, about trading and life is really 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 diving in and figuring out your why um, without that you're just going to be walking aimlessly through your day-to-day -day life you're going to be trading without reason uh, so coming up with your why and allowing that to guide you um, in your decision-making process because from that originates good decisions and from that allows you to understand where your bad decisions are coming from so Understanding your why and spending time thinking about that, not just cursory glance saying, oh, this is it because it's cliche and everyone else says it, but really diving in right. and understanding yeah. your why and then allowing that to guide your self-analysis and your market analysis. That's amazing. Yeah, I saw you follow that uh, Jocko he is. guy. He's yep. awesome, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's the man. He, he's all about he is he's, he all is. About he's inspiring to me man <laughs> he's super inspiring guy so where can uh you know our audience our listeners where can they find you online yeah. where can they follow you i just have uh, uh just have a, just you know, uh, tw uh twitter um at davis trades i don't i don't have any service or anything like that i i started twitter just to uh, to to have a community of people to talk about and i've kind of used it as a platform to talk about psychology share my losses and i, I do share a few charts and different things but um yeah at davis trades on twitter nice yeah you know and it's funny that uh <laughs> you know trading is a very uh lonely lonely uh job right because you don't really yep. interact with anybody absolutely you have no, so it's nice it to have that community aspect. And uh, Davis, thank you so much for our, your time, uh, brother. And uh, after we get off here, we'll uh, exchange contact info. So, you know, next time I'm in Knoxville uh, or you're in Nashville, we'll have to definitely get together and maybe have like Absolutely, a, buddy. For some dinner. Um, bring your wife. Bring your wife. I have my, you know, my fiance will come out. The girls can talk about whatever they talk about. Absolutely, talk buddy. I really appreciate stop. it, and I hope you have a great evening. Thank right, you. Bye-bye. You as well.